1: You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the
2: action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Kramer and David Faber. Futures are erasing some early morning losses as initial jobless claims come in better than expected. Still over a million for the 20th straight week ahead of that jobs number tomorrow. Big show today. Leader McConnell is going to join us in a few moments on the stimulus talks that continue on the Hill, followed by Speaker Pelosi later this hour, Jim, as we continue to get reports that the two sides are trillions of dollars apart. Yeah. I mean, look, this is a day where
1: we're going to have to find out in our interviews whether there's any hope for compromise, because if there isn't, you're going to see a fall off in business. It's going to make those unemployment numbers that we just saw very rearview mirror. And I think a lot of people recognize that they're kind of trying to figure out is Washington playing partisan politics or do they genuinely want a deal? I mean, maybe people don't. We will find out during this show.
2: You think we'll find yeah, I mean, out mean, we'll talk to McConnell first, Jim. Yeah, uh, yeah but, I do. Uh, a big part of that is the sort of the fragility of the Republican caucus, at least, as McConnell has said repeatedly this week. Jim, uh, he's got 20 senators who believe we've already added enough to the national debt.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I think the problem with that is uh, there's a vaccine coming. That's never you never hear the politicians talk about it other than the president. David, if we get uh, antibodies. If we get a therapeutic, and I know you're more sophisticated than the general discussion. Thank you. Then maybe we're in the promised land. But if we let everybody go, David, if we let everybody close, you can't just restart it. There's no switch. There's just the end. So the question is, like Kevin O'Leary said, is that okay? Is it okay to end, David?
3: I'm not quite sure I follow exactly what you're referring to. You when can't you say start a end. business
1: after you end a business,
3: right? So the point is you've got to keep a business going in some way.
1: Yeah, because you owe too much,
3: right? Yeah, how much forbearance are you going to get when you've decided to close? The point being what that we need more government aid to continue to allow businesses to stay open in some fashion.
1: Well, we need rent money. Certainly, that's what wipes out most small businesses. And David, I've got to tell you, when I think that they're just going to let it go, I think to myself, would FDR have let it go? Was that FDR's plan? Because look at those jobless claims. Aren't they more FDR-like than, say, uh, Johnson-like or, or W-like?
3: Uh, well, they are the worst we've seen since the Great Depression. Right. Right, to your point. Yes, without a doubt. And um, there, listen, I don't, there's a big gap between a trillion and $3.4 trillion, or a trillion and $3 trillion. Or, I mean, those are big numbers. Uh, I, I don't know if they can bridge that gap in some effective way, Jim. You... Said yesterday, you think we're going to get there, at least in terms of $400. I believe I heard
1: you when you I, said look, that. Senator McConnell, who we'll have in a few minutes, Carl, is saying, look, he's open to a 600 I think that you're absolutely right. The main thing, Carl, is can he deliver? Uh, I, I, I look, no, no senator is going to come on here and say they can't, they, look, I don't have the votes. Jeez, uh, uh, maybe he will, but it is, uh, we can't have this go on forever. And just have uh, the president's going to do an executive order if we don't do something. And I don't know if that's legal or not. But the president—that's never really—that's um, never stopped the president, right? <laughs> that
2: legality right. thing. Although some Jim might ask if it comes to that, uh, what would be wrong with him at least tr- uh, trying? Well,
1: nobody's going to stop stop a president giving money to people. I mean, who's going to do that? I mean, what a great thing to run on. Hi, I'm President Trump, and I wanted to give money to you, but I wasn't allowed to. I mean, geez, that's why they should come up with a deal by Friday, because that is a non-starter. If there's this guy Biden who's running, you don't see a lot of them. But can you imagine what does he have to say? I represent a party that fought so hard for you to get your to make it so you don't get benefits. That is. is I don't know, David, is that a, is that something? Uh, Carl, is that something that, that, that Biden can run on? I fought hard for you not to get money. I, 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 even Nixon didn't go there.
2: Jim, let's um, stop talking amongst ourselves and bring in Leader McConnell. Uh, Leader, it's great to have you back. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, can you give us a status report today?
4: Yeah, the talks continue. Uh, I think the one thing we agree on, uh, most of us at least, that uh, the, the economy is, needs a boost. The chairman of the Fed thinks so. Secretary of the Treasury thinks so. The president thinks so. And I think so. What we're arguing about, as you can imagine, is how much. And I heard you guys talking about that earlier. The Democratic House put together a $3 trillion, basically, liberal wish list that we think goes far beyond what is appropriate for this situation. What I laid out as a starting place, uh, which, as you know, some of my members think is too much, uh, is about a third of that targeted in the following ways. Kids in school. Jobs, the popular PPP program, healthcare, hospitals, and most importantly, to help the economy get back on its feet, liability protection for everyone dealing with this disease, narrowly crafted for the coronavirus only, uh, to preserve hospitals, doctors, nurses, universities, colleges, K-12 through from being hit with an epidemic of lawsuits on the heels of the pandemic, which we all know is not over. So
2: to that point, on liability protection, which is obviously of huge interest to our viewers and investors around the world, uh, how important is that still? And how much stock do we put in reports that the White House would back a deal that doesn't have it?
4: Well, look, uh, I think we have to have liability reform. I, I don't think the economy has any shot at all of getting back uh, to normal if every entity in the country is dealing with uh, frivolous losses. Now, look, What I've proposed would not protect somebody who's engaged in gross negligence or intentional misbehavior, Uh, but everybody else uh, struggling with this unknown disease should not be subject uh, to getting sued over how they handle it uh, as as an aftermath while we're still struggling to get past this uh, horrible pandemic.
2: The Times today uh, writes about you. They say McConnell's outside the room, uh, meaning taking a hands-off approach given the fragility of your caucus. And in a tight spot, you you point out your members who believe the national debt's already been uh, piled onto enough. Do you agree with that point of view?
4: Well, I'm certainly not outside the room. The discussions are going on directly between the Treasury Secretary, the Speaker and the Democratic leader. They come back to my office. We're all in the loop. And then they're reporting to all of my members. So nobody's being left out of the discussion. The argument is over how much is appropriate at this particular juncture, as we struggle to get the economy back on its feet and get the country in a place where it can sustain itself uh, until we get a vaccine. which at the earliest, would be sometime later this year or early next year. Uh,
1: Mr. Majority Leader Jim Cramer, always great to see you on our show. Thank you so much for coming on. Let me ask you, if the parties cannot agree on a way forward, how about we tell the governors, you can do it everyone. Open all your states. Open all the schools. But everyone must wear masks until we get the vaccine. Why don't we do that? Why don't we just open it up but wear masks?
4: Well, Jim, I've been promoting mask wearing. We've been doing it in the Senate since the 1st of May when we resumed in-person sessions. It's the single most significant thing everybody in the country can do to help prevent the spread. Wear a mask, practice social distancing. Dr. Fauci indicated yesterday we can't shut the economy down again. He's absolutely right. So we have to live in it and work with it until we get a vaccine. And what you've just suggested is extremely important. I don't think wearing a mask and social distancing alone is enough. I share the view of the Chairman of the Fed and the Secretary of the Treasury that we do need another boost. And somehow we'll resolve our differences uh, in this uh, political tug of war and get, back, uh, get, get something done for the American people.
1: Uh, would zero unemployment benefits be better than a compromise?
4: Well, look, I think we should not continue the the process of paying some people more not to work than to work. I do think we need to adjust whatever unemployment compensation bonus there is to reflect that it's not fair for your neighbor to stay home and make more and you go back to work and make less. It is a drag on the economy. Basic unemployment is extremely important. We need to help the states be able to maintain that. But we need to discontinue paying people, in effect, a bonus not to work.
1: Uh, I have to tell you, on this liability insurance as a small business person, we just presume we're going to get sued. Uh, we've been sued before for things that are federal. Uh, and we're just trying to figure out whether it's worth it. Uh, since we know we're going to get sued, why reopen? Uh, where, where is Washington on this besides what you're calling for?
4: Well, I think you can be assured if my provision passes that somebody may file a lawsuit, but they're not going to get anywhere with it. And you're not going to have to pay them something uh, to go away because unless they can show gross negligence or intentional misharm, they're not going to be successful.
3: Uh, Senator McConnell, one of the key gaps between uh, the Senate plan, so to speak, and what the House has already passed is aid to the states. I think we're talking about a trillion dollars in the House uh, bill. Um, Why are you opposed to that?
4: Well, here's what we would do. Uh, 20, only 25 percent of the 150 billion that we already sent down to states and localities has actually been used. So 75 percent of the money we've already sent them hasn't been used. What we would do is take the restrictions off, except you would not be able to use this money to bail out your ailing pension system, take the restrictions off that they're complaining about, let them spend more of what we've already sent them, and also The biggest uh, item in every state budget is education. We actually have more in my proposal than the House Democrats did in their proposal, three times as large as ours for education. That helps the states enormously.
3: And what do you say to your home state of Kentucky, which I believe is facing a $1.1 billion shortfall for this fiscal year, uh, and the governor talking about uh, state agencies facing cuts from 16 to 29%. I might add, by the way, that Kentucky, at least according to the Chamber of Commerce in the state, is ranked as the worst funded pension in the nation.
4: Well, we're not going to help Kentucky or any other state with their pension problem. Uh, Unfortunately, Kentucky's only used 6 percent, 6 percent of the money we've already sent down to them, and their budget uh, for the current year, ending uh, June 30, was balanced. So they're not in an immediate dire situation and they're going to benefit from the flexibility we're going to give them to spend the money they haven't spent so far ninety four percent of the money they've got they haven't spent and an enormous slug for K through 12 education and colleges and universities which is of course either their biggest or their second biggest part of every state budget in America.
3: So you know, uh, Leader McConnell, what chances do you give to reaching a deal in the next let's call it 24 hours and I believe it was uh, Mark Meadows who indicated as of, I guess, tomorrow's Friday, the you know, this thing could fall apart or not get anywhere. What, where do you stand in terms of the chances you could give of reaching a deal in the next 24 hours?
4: Yeah, I, I'm not going to speculate about the timing, but what I do want to reassure the American people is that there is a desire on the part of both the Democrats and the Republicans, at least most of the Republicans, not every single one, that we get to an outcome because the economy does need an additional boost until we get the vaccine. Exactly when that deal comes together, I couldn't tell you, uh, but I think it will at some point in the near future.
1: Mr. Majority Leader, there are businesses that absolutely had nothing to do with the pandemic. They were doing quite well that are being wiped out. There's just no doubt about it because of social distancing, which we both agree is really important. There's no way that they can survive so why can't we just target that? Why not target the businesses that have millions of are employed, just look and decide these are the businesses that, have decided, that, are, that are failing through no fault of their own, and give them business interruption insurance like, like Secretary Mnuchin said would happen at the beginning of this?
4: Well, we've certainly targeted small businesses. The popular PPP loan program, which expires at the end of this week, and we think desperately needs to be renewed, has been enormously successful. I'll give you an example. In my state, $5.2 billion has been loaned out to over 48,000 Kentucky small businesses who have been able to maintain their uh, employees. Uh, Obviously, the overall unemployment is still way too high, but the PPP program, which is not in the Democratic-passed House bill at all, has done a great job to help small businesses struggle through this and not close their doors.
2: Leader, um, you pushed back hard on the idea that the Senate waited too long, that you waited too long to put something on the table after the House passed Heroes in May. Do you still feel that way? I mean, here we are talking about all this urgency. Uh, if you could go back, would you have put something together uh, a few weeks earlier?
4: Uh, not too late. This is the perfect time to take a look at it. Uh, we had no idea back in April and, 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 and March what the economy was going to look like in July. Well, now we're in July and early August. We've got an accurate picture of what we've done so far, what worked, what didn't, and the condition of the country. And now we can more accurately craft a proposal to deal with that. Because bear in mind, we have already added $3 trillion to the national debt back in March and April. We already have a debt the size of our economy for the first time since World War II. I think that's no small matter. That's a big deal. And so we need to be careful about what we do next, and that's exactly why this was the perfect time to tackle this issue.
2: Huh? So when you you said to Politico that those earlier deals created a unity that I don't see there now, it sounds like you're part of that school of thought that feels like we might have done enough or as much as we can afford to do.
4: No, no, I think we need an additional agreement, uh, an an additional deal. I agree with the chairman of the Fed, I agree with Secretary of the Treasury, Uh, I'm advocating an additional deal. I've got members, some of whom have been on your network this morning, who think we've done enough. That's not my view.
2: Leader, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, Obviously, the market watching uh, very closely, any kind of developments and guidance you can give us. Thanks for the time. Good to see you.
4: Okay, thanks a lot.
2: Senate Majority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, Jim, what do you think? We didn't really get to the one last thing I wanted to touch on was whether or not airlines was a real sticking point here. But the White House did seem to back uh, the idea that they would get $25 billion in additional aid.
1: Right. We're very close to the airlines being able to make it. Again, these are all uh, who gets to cross the River Jordan. And, and I really think we're much closer than people realize, but, not, but very few did. Uh, I thought that Senator McConnell was uh, open to something that would be not that far away. Uh, I don't know if the liability insurance is is a real sticking point, given the fact that, uh it's, it's the that and rent are the two things that most small business people are really worried about because they just presume they'll be sued the moment someone gets the disease at their establishment, even though they may not have gotten it there. And I think that there'll be a lot of people, as some people would call them, ambulance chasers, willing to take those willing to take on all small business wherever someone got COVID. And I think it's just a matter of fact that, David, I have to wonder again when I, I asked the leader mm-hmm. if we're going to get nothing. If we get nothing, why don't we just open it up and wear masks and just you know, hope for the best and believe that we get a vaccine? I say that because if so, we, don't, if we I, don't open up, we're really dead, man.
3: It's interesting how your position has evolved to a certain extent on this over the over the months that have played out, Jim. Well, um, you know, I, I couldn't imagine you saying that three or four months ago, but um, maybe you're right. I, I don't know. Nobody knows. I'm not sure we want to take that on. It's interesting as well. Guys, that there's so much concern now about a national debt that has continued to go up, and we, were, I mean, we we're running a trillion-dollar deficit as it was this year, right? Uh, before we added three trillion, nobody seemed to be concerned about it then, but they are
2: now. Guys, a lot of uh, business news to get to, so to speak. We'll get to Viacom and Roku and Etsy, Costco, a bunch of news that has uh, not made the A-block today because the talks in D.C. of are of such great import. We're back in a minute.
3: All right, it's time for a mad
1: dash. Let's get ready for an opening bell here. I'm just going to toss it over to you, Jim. All right, so listen to me. Bristol-Myers has been stuck in a rut between 57 and 59, perhaps because they won an important judgment uh, in favor of them having patent exclusivity for Eloquist, which is an amazing stroke drug, uh, or perhaps because they got some, uh, let's say, some upside from what they bought when they bought Celgene. A lot of people didn't think they would. Or perhaps that Opdivo, which is their uh, cancer uh, oncological franchise versus, say, Keytruda, of Burke, is doing a little bit better. Whatever, the stock is up, and uh, it looks like it might be breaking out. But remember, it is not involved with the race for the vaccine, and that's what everyone seems to be focused on if you're a drug company.
2: David. Carl. All right, go. <laughs> Uh, Jim, we'll take a quick break here, squeeze in another one, uh, make some time uh, in the uh, back half of the show for Speaker Pelosi. Squawk on the streets back in a minute.
0: The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
6: Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt. Or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help.
2: Futures uh, a little bit uh, soggy here, Jim. Um, That claims number today was uh, better than we thought it might be, but still a million plus for the 20th straight week. We had ADP miss. We had the employment component of ISM services still in contraction. What does that mean for tomorrow?
1: Well, when I listen to to, uh, Senator McConnell uh, and know that we may not have a deal, what it says to me is there was a lot of... uh, let's say, pent-up hope that was unleashed yesterday. There were two two components to yesterday's rally. One was that we're getting closer and closer to a workable vaccine, but the other is that we're getting closer and closer to a deal. Carl, if we don't have a deal, we got to have a sell-off. I mean, it, it, it's not like we can just avoid a deal and say it doesn't matter. Uh, and that's what I'm concerned about. And, David, I don't know how, how far apart you think they're going to be, but if we don't get a deal, it can't be the same as getting a deal.
3: No, it can't. Uh, and it would be uh, – A significant blow to this economy. I think that's fair to say, Jim. Uh, We all know that, which is why we're focused on it. Looking forward to your interview with Speaker Pelosi to get that side and see just how far apart or close they are. Uh, Obviously, the numbers indicate they are still far apart, but there is area for compromise, one would expect. And there are a great many millions and millions of people in this country who are depending on that.
1: Right. Carl, most of the companies that have been rallying are companies that serve the enterprise Larger enterprises that make it so that they can move to the cloud. The ones that haven't moved, but I thought we're on the cusp of moving, related to auto, which has been very, very weak, and large enterprise. Can you uh, that are large enterprise that's industrial? We need to see autos. That is the big leg of the economy that's not working. We've had housing move. We're going to watch this rocket deal. That'll be very important. But what we don't have is a consensus about large industry and how we keep it going. Uh, and if we lose, if we don't get the autos going and we get small business crushed, I don't know, we, we don't have aerospace yet. And if you don't get a deal for the airlines, then what is working? Yep, Lenore and Toll Brothers, we need more than that.
2: <clears throat> we need more than that. Yep, that's a good point, Jim. Even as uh, you know, used car dealer inventory is... I, I think below two million or something. And look at Carvana last night. I mean, there are just not enough used cars. But that's in large part because we're not making enough new ones. No, I
1: know, I and mean, I know that there's. We're expected that we're going to have a larger build in the fall. We need to have that, and we need that. We have to have airlines get some relief for heaven's sake. They're very close. We're going to get something to do soon. So don't let it find not not find a way to get there.
2: Guys, there's uh, Rocket Companies, parent of mortgage lender Quicken Loans, celebrating an IPO with fireworks on the Bell Podium. We'll talk to the CEO when the stock opens at the NASDAQ. It's Big Commerce, software as a service, e commerce platform, which had its IPO yesterday. Uh, Jim, a lot of names that um, have done really well the past month and had a nice quarter Etsy uh, opening in the red. Why is that?
1: Well, I think that these have all run to the point where if they didn't just ra- beat and then raise dramatically, uh, they would uh, it, 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 they'd sell off. Now, there is a second day where people say, what the hell did we sell that for? That, th- that was a big mistake. I have Etsy on tonight, and I'm quite confident that they can continue to do well. But, Carl, there's this undercurrent to the market that just started developing this week, which is that maybe in the fourth quarter we have antivirals. Uh, and we have vaccines and we wear masks. And so we don't need to necessarily stay in our home anymore. Yep. And Etsy is a stay at home situation. Uh, you, look, David, there is less fear because there's more hope. And I'm not saying that bridges the gap, but I'm saying with mask, we'll travel. Right. And you asked the, uh, the leader that
3: question. <laughs> of course, in part, the answer, though, it appears that, um, you know, Americans are not as likely to wear masks and masks as they are in other countries. Uh, one reason amongst a number of them why our rates are far higher or our certainly infection is far higher than the EU. Our deaths are far higher than, well, anybody on the planet uh, in terms of overall, Jim. So, I mean, it, you know, this virus is still out there. It is still spreading. Thankfully, not at, at all to the extent it was in our part of the world and uh, our part of the country, but in others, it still is. Uh, And so I don't quite know if you were to go the plan that you're describing
1: immediately that that would result in anything but a bad outcome. Well, look, I'm concerned, Carl. I just think that what you really don't want, but you wouldn't get anymore, is a reclosing, so to speak, uh, other than bars. Uh, write the bars a darn check. I mean, I think that people are, are getting very, very smart and sophisticated about masks, which used to be laughed about. And that was somewhat initially the fault of the administration. But I don't care about fault. I care about going forward. Uh, we're getting travel. We're starting to get some travel. We're starting to get the roads are busy. There, uh companies, the larger companies, are, uh, are, are actually doing some hiring. But what we can't lose, if you go down the city streets, oh, my, there's, there's got to be a run on craft paper. Because more places have craft paper in the window than I've ever seen. It just feels like that some sort of tornado came through New York City. And I can't imagine it's that much different, Carl, than any of the other cities.
2: Yeah, yeah. Jim, you mentioned uh, vaccine expectations. Interesting note out of Goldman today saying, look, we agree uh, that there's a good likelihood of getting uh, an approval by the end of November. But that's going to challenge a lot of people's assumptions about low rates about tech leadership, huge rotation to cyclical, maybe favoring Europe, maybe favoring EM, where it's more difficult to fight this virus. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be a violent rotation if and when that happens.
1: Well, we do have a lot of companies that sell at 10, 15, 20 times sales. And I don't care how fast the business is growing. That, that's a very high price to pay. And I know that it's small, but there's a company called Fastly. Which makes it so that the web uh, is really more reliable and faster, and it did not deliver the huge beat and raise that people thought. So suddenly, got downgraded by Opco. I mean, people are people are are scrambling, looking at Fastly and saying, "You know what? Do I own a Fastly? I got to get out if I own a Fastly." Now, I think Fastly is a great company, but this is it sells it. It typically is an absurd multiple David we've been there when it starts telling you when you say well hold it that's a cheap multiple it's only 12 and then you realize David that it's against sales yes not
3: Earnings. not actual earnings yeah, right
1: so how do you feel about that though?
3: well you've got you to you got to extent be careful but i don't know that the that suddenly the the economy is going to shift in some dramatic way jim where the leaders are not going to still continue to have accelerating business as a result of the digitization of the u.s economy or the fact that so many people are doing things in a way that they might not have months ago in terms of how they conduct their lives to me it would still seem to indicate The leaders are going to stay the leaders, although we can have debates about multiples. We can look at multiples to revenues, as you point out, particularly for some of these smaller companies. We're not that small, but companies that are growing dramatically but don't have a lot in terms of earnings as we take a look at a market that is a slightly lower, guys. Um, Jim, I wanted to come back to one name that you and I used to follow pretty closely, which is uh, Valiant. It's not called that anymore. No, It's called Bausch Health. Uh, Joe Papa has done a Valiant job. Wow, uh, yes. you're going to give Joe that. I'm going to give him a little bit there. Now, I'm not sure the market is reacting quite positively to this announcement this morning that they're splitting the company, uh, that uh, Bausch Health is basically splitting up. It's going to become uh, Bausch & Lomb, which is your new company, essentially, and it's everything having to do with eye care. Let's just call it that. What are they talking about? $3.7 billion in revenues. That's based on last year's numbers and a CAGR of 4.1% based on the last three years. And then BHC will be the other company. That'll be a diversified portfolio of what they call leading durable brands across Salix, Salto, Neurology, Medical Dermatology businesses. You know some of the names as well. It's not going to happen for a long time, Jim. No. Uh, but it is an old shrink to grow that yeah, we're seeing. And Bausch is up, uh, I've got it up
1: 16% right now, Bausch. Well, I guess Joe's shrewd about this. I would not have done it. I would not have thought it would act so well because one of the things that we've seen, uh, Glaxo's done this. Uh, you've got these companies that separate into something that's fast and something that's slow. Yes. And what you want to do is you want to find out what the slowest dividend is going to be.
3: Right. And that's a great point, because you are creating essentially what are two separate investor bases. Right. right? And you're trying to give those who want at least some sense of growth. Now, I mean, 4% is not exactly an incredible CAGR on revenues, but it's something versus, as to your point, one that's going to be about just flowing cash having a significant dividend that it can pay to those class of shareholders who would like that. They're talking about not, they're not even going to start reporting Bausch and as a separate segment until the first quarter of 2021. So this is going to be a ways away. People should keep in mind, but look at that stock. It is people, at least investors at this point, seem to be taking to the idea of two separate companies. it,
1: It was much higher during the period when we felt that, uh, that the drug companies were going to roar before we got to this vaccine versus not vaccine. David, what's the compound annual growth rate of Bash?
3: I don't know. No, that's the Kager. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That is the Kager. Because <laughs> yeah. you
1: like to, you introduced EBITDA.
3: Oh. Now you're doing Kager. I'm sorry. I'm so- saying it. I thought you were for the overall no, company. I yeah, I told you. making a joke. Yes, it's compound annual growth rate. I, there's a, a fairly high sophistication level amongst many of our viewers. But you're right. We shouldn't throw those things no, out there no, without explaining what they are.
1: ABC. You're One, two,
3: absolutely right. <laughs> Carl, over to you.
2: Yep, Guys, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, Speaker Pelosi on the other side, of course. NASDAQ uh, slightly red, although we did tick above 11K, and that is another record high. Uh, back after a short break.
4: The Democratic House put together a $3 trillion, basically, liberal wish list that we think goes far beyond what is appropriate for this situation. What I laid out as a starting place, uh, which, as you know, some of my members think is too much, uh, is about a third of that targeted in the following ways. Kids in school, jobs, the popular PPP program, healthcare, hospitals, and most importantly, to help the economy get back on its feet, liability protection.
1: Madam Speaker is here. And it's great because we've just gotten uh, the most up-to-date look. But what the majority leader, Senator McConnell, said, uh, Madam Speaker, welcome back. Just walk on the street. Good to see you.
5: Good morning. Nice to see you always.
1: All right. So. I'm sure you heard uh, the majority leader. To me, it sounded like other than at the beginning when he talked about the amount of money, which I know is incredibly important, there is room for compromise. And before you had this great relationship with Secretary Mnuchin, you got something done. And people were saying, you know what, Washington is our friend. Is it possible that Washington going to turn out to be our enemy if something isn't done?
5: Well, Let's just say we're here for America's working families. Uh, that isn't always the priority on the other side of the table. Uh, we ha- uh, Three months ago, tomorrow, three months ago, we passed our legislation. And what the majority leader may call a liberal wish list is about food for kids in our country who are starving uh, are, are food insecure. It's about families who can't pay the rent. It's about workers, again, the 20th state straight week of of over a million people filing for unemployment insurance, the list goes on and on. And still, after all of this, not facing the reality that in order to open our economy, send our children safely to schools and the rest, we have to to contain defeat of the virus. So not having a scientific-based strategic plan to do that, we put that forth in the HEROES Act.
1: Well, Madam Speaker, you are the first person who so visibly wore a mask that it told me you were completely in tune with the science community, which wasn't initially sure because it was a novel disease with your mask. uh, Can we at least if nothing happens, everybody else joins you with a mask? Can we open schools? Can we open business? Take the risk because things are science is helping us. Medicine is helping us. Things are better. And if we close the economy again, everything you just described is definitely going to happen.
5: Well, let's just say this. We all want our children to go to school. Our children want to go and be with each other. Teachers want to teach. Parents need to work and and also want their children to learn. Parents earning, children learning. But we can't do it at the risk of our children and our teachers and and those who work in schools in addition to teachers. It has to relate uh, to the rate of infection in a community. And there are formulas for that. What's interesting about this negotiation, though, is where we are on the money for schools is to say if they're actual, if they're virtual, or if they're hybrid, that uh, it doesn't cost that much difference in money. It just doesn't. So, it's not, so when the president says most of the money we send there only goes to schools that open up, it ignores the fact that there are differences in terms of the rate of infection in communities. Again, this is this is based on science, not based on whatever it is that the president bases his decisions on.
1: Well, if the president does some executive order this weekend, which basically just says, I have to do this because uh, Speaker Pelosi uh, is blocking checks to you and she's blocking rent relief. What do you do? I mean, it's probably illegal, uh, but if he does it and does it against you, what what, we come in on Monday, what are you going to say?
5: Well, let me, let's not talk about him. Let's talk about what the right thing is to do. Now, he can do extend the moratorium, and I hope that he does. But you can't just have a moratorium. You have to have money. So if they extend the moratorium, uh, people won't have to pay their rent just yet. It'll be pushed further down the road unless we get some money for them to, um, uh, to compensate for what they, ha- uh, they have to get. And that's not just for the renters. That's for the landlords. What good is it to the landlords if you have a moratorium until the end of the year for people to pay their rent, unless there's some money to help pay the rent? That's just one of the things. Again, we have been there, it's about jobs. If people have jobs, then everything is better. If we have a, a, a scientific approach to defeating the virus, everything is better. That's why we have in there jobs, that is, honoring our heroes, healthcare workers, first responders, teachers, sanitation, transportation workers, etc., uh, that are paid for are, are employed by state and local government. If they don't get this money, the many of these people, millions of them, will be unemployed and go on unemployment insurance. So what money is that saving as it reduces services uh, for those who are risking their lives to save lives? Now they're going to lose their job because... Because, because all of a sudden, uh, the Republicans have become uh, deficit hawks and don't want to support state and local governments. Democrats and Republican mayors, governors, county executives, etc., are appealing for this.
1: I'm so glad you mentioned that, because to me, uh, if we don't get relief that makes it so that the small businesses get help, but also all the entities that you just mentioned, I actually see that there's an opportunity for social unrest for mental and physical health uh, explosion of issues for, an absolute, for to me, the republic. I don't, I don't think I'm overdoing it unless we get a vaccine and all this discussion is uh, moved. But do you think the American people realize how
5: much is on the line here? Well, let me just say this, and, and to be hopeful, because you paint a bleak picture there, and the picture is bleak. That's why we passed this bill three months ago when the majority leader McConnell pushed the pause button PUSH THE PAUSE BUTTON, THREE MONTHS, LAST uh, minus one, last WEEK HE CAME UP WITH THIS PIECEMEAL APPROACH, WHICH IS JUST, it, it, well, IT JUST SHOWS THE DIFFERENCE IN TERMS OF WHO WE PUT FIRST AND WE'RE PUTTING WORKING FAMILIES FIRST. BUT I WANT TO GIVE YOU SOME OPTIMISM. I DO BELIEVE THAT THE SCIENCE IS THERE, AND I'VE BEEN STUDYING THIS SINCE MARCH, AND NOW I FEEL COMFORTABLE WITH THE IDEA THAT WE COULD HAVE much more uh, testing and much and getting the results much sooner with point of, of care uh, testing. Uh, it, it doesn't cost as much. The results come in sooner. And if you have that, it's easier then to open up schools because you'll have these tests. You can take them a couple of times a week rather than one test and maybe two a month or however uh, the other tests are when you don't even get the results. For another week. So, what we're trying to say to them is we have to have this comprehensive strategic testing, and that leads to tracing, and Mm -hmm. then that leads to treatment, and et cetera. And so, that until we, God gives us, and I hope and pray that science does too, uh, a uh, a vaccine, we will be saving lives. Since we passed our bill, more than nearly three and a half million people have been added to the infection list, and around 70,000 people have died while Mr. McConnell passed the, uh, pressed the pause button. Will we find a solution? We will. Will we have an agreement? We will. Uh, but it's hard to, uh, to share, uh, to go across the table with somebody who wants to give a tax break for somebody to have a, a business lunch and refuses to give more money for children who are food insecure in our country to giving more for food stamps. That's kind of a definition of who we are.
1: I like your spirit of uh, of being more upbeat, more optimistic, so I, I will offer this. Why can't you go across the aisle and say Representative Lewis, civil rights legend, would have loved it if we could do something for the totally disenfranchised in this country, no matter what. Can we give, can we give a huge mon- chunk of money to the people who are disenfranchised, to minorities who have once so badly to stay in business and can't, and to people who, who are trying to go to college or have student loans who are minorities, who are the most affected because they had the least chance in our country. That's got to be something both sides can agree to.
5: Perhaps you mistook them for somebody who gives a damn for what Ooh, you just geez. described. That's, yeah, that's the problem. Uh, see, the thing is, they don't believe in governance. They don't believe in governance and that requires some acts of government to do that uh, but just what you described is what mr. Uh, Schumer Chuck Schumer is proposing uh, that we do uh, with some of the resources uh, in the bill and, and that it's you described Chuck Schumer's proposal exactly in addition to the uh, uh, the, um, the Heroes Act uh, if we're, if we're talking about how much and how long and health targeted, Uh, if we're going to juggle some of this money, let's focus it where it's going to do the most good. And basically, economists tell us, spend the money, invest the money for those who need it the most, because they will spend it, it will be a stimulus, or at least a stabilization of, of uh, and and that's a good thing consumer confidence is a good thing for the economy you know that better than anyone and one of the things we want to do just before we leave on this what we're trying to do to help hotels which are big employers mm-hmm. restaurants which are big employers and the rest is to uh, uh, lower the threshold for how someone can qualify for a second loan republicans have it at fifty percent Nydia Velasquez our chairman is urging a thirty percent threshold of 30 percent of revenues of of losses from the previous year. It was uh, based on the previous quarter, the similar quarter of the former year. Now we're talking about the whole year and 30 percent rather than 50 percent, which would make, I'm told, by the hospitality industry a big difference for them. Many jobs, many entry level jobs, many union jobs, many people of color uh, jobs, and uh, uh, I would hope that they would consider that.
1: Okay, I'm so glad you mentioned uh, Congresswoman Velasquez, who's my congresswoman, and I think knows small business better than anyone. I also believe that Chairman Powell would agree with that. Speaker Pelosi, thank you so much for coming on Squawk on the Street.
5: My pleasure.
1: Thank you. Always my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Carl, until the Speaker said uh, that the Republicans don't give a damn, which, of course, is uh, Clark Gable's line from— Gone. Oh, man, going with the wind. I thought we were going yeah. somewhere, and it just seemed quite dismissive. I, I, there is concern yeah. without mass, uh We don't really have a plan. And so, Carl, I, I don't know. I, this is a little more apocalyptic than I wanted to see.
2: Well, um, Jim, two things. One, Politico says that the negotiating session between Pelosi, Schumer, Mnuchin, Meadows starts at 5 o'clock today. So there's an awful lot of posturing all day long. The other is that uh, the Journal did this take on what would happen if you had a one month absence of that six hundred dollars. Uh, their argument is you'd be looking at a decline in consumption of four percent, which is more than we did in the entirety of the Great uh, Great Recession. Wow. wow, That's
3: big. Jim, um, you know, there's one voice. There. I mean, Meadows obviously is part of the, the negotiations. But what about Trump? Um... I mean, he could, you know, he loves to act unilaterally. It's kind of his favorite thing to do. What if he were to just do something here in terms of even not necessarily siding
1: with the Democrats, but trying to move this thing along? Well, I I think that the I think the Democrats don't want to be partisan here, but I have to be aware that that would be something uh, that America would like. America wants this money. All right. Thank you, Carl.
2: All right, uh, Jim, a quick break here. Uh, watch Etsy today. Uh, 75 cents crushes the 39 cent estimate. Revenue more than doubles. Gross margins up 640 basis points, but stocks down five. We're back after a break.
3: Hey, Viacom reported earnings. And guess what? Stock's only down 35% for the year. That's kind of in line with Fox and Discovery. It's a good day if you're Bob Backish, who will be our guest
1: a little bit later. Jim, what's up on Matt tonight? We got to find out this Etsy uh, conundrum. I mean, you're really right, Carl. It it explains what's happening right now. We got Papa John's. What a monster stock that's become. Uh, Social. uh, That's how you get a pizza these days and delivery. And then Hans Vestberg, uh, someone who usually David interviews. I have him. Really? David's got backish. But I have Vesper from yeah. Verizon. You're going to ask
3: him about that TikTok thing that somehow you're the only person who thinks it's going to happen with Verizon
1: about? or what? No, there's someone else. There's some others. There's a groundswell, David. Does Hans agree with it? Well, it's, I don't know if he's heard of it. <laughs> but anyway, I'll be here tomorrow. I'm supposed to be off for my second Friday. But you think I take vacation? Safety and I never take vacations. Safety never uh, takes you.
2: Take uh, that's to our benefit, Jim. Uh, uh, we'll see it tonight. I don't, frankly, they don't give a uh, damn, Dave. They don't give a damn, that's,
1: Dave. That's scary words
3: there, I gotta go. say. There no. you
2: go.
1: We'll always have Tara. Yeah.
2: Jim, we'll see it you tonight. You've been
1: listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
0: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do.